1: Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Week Five. We're talking ranks. It's the Welsh. That's me, Brandon Funston, Jake Seely. All of the stuff of things. Very happy to have you guys here. Where we will not be talking about burgers today, Mister mm-hmm. Jake Seely. We're gonna avoid all burger talk uh, moving forward with this. Uh, quite the um, quite the controversy you were stirring up, and I felt like you knew what you were doing in the latest article over at the Athletic, where people can check ranks, but also get really upset about burgers
2: specifically in and out and then the fact that it's overrated and people lose their damn mind like it's the best thing created in the history for like the fact that i could call barry sanders overrated or something like that i mean god god it's an average burger get over it it <laughs> really mean, what, is i i, am, I am
3: completely 100 backing jake on that i i had the same experience where people played it up and the first time i ever had it i was like I don't know, man. It's just kind of like your normal bun, your normal tomato, lettuce, and burger. The reasonable
2: people out there said, you know what? It's because the pricing is so good. Okay, that doesn't make the burger taste better. Like yeah. it's okay, valid, valid point. It's half the pr- actually probably one third the price of Five Guys. Valid point. I I get your point. That doesn't make it better, and it doesn't make those <laughs> fries taste any better either. <laughs>
3: the ultimate my, uh- burger. Sorry, just really quick. The ultimate burger is Five Guys at a In and Out price. That's the ultimate. Mm,
1: there you go. Yeah. My my only uh, this is my only experience with In n Out, and it was many many moons ago. I worked in the recording music industry, and. In a studio, I start uh, start up a conversation with Slash, and we talked for about ten minutes. Humble brag, yeah, (laughs) no, no big deal. We, we, but but I'm going to humble myself real quick. We talked for about ten minutes. Had a great talk. And then I took his order and I went and got him In-N-Out Burger. And that was about <laughs> it. I took it. But this is at a recording studio and I got to be the gopher and he ordered the two, whatever it is, the, the lettuce burgers. And I was just like, mm, I don't know if lettuce burgers really do anything for me at the end of the day, but that's about the my dub- only The double-double
2: double animal style, which is just special sauce, which is on. It's just, it, it's a Thousand Island dressing. Get over yeah. it. So, that's, uh, that, so now you know what Slash eats. He eats by the, the way, my uh, only time yeah. with In-N-Out Burger, Scott Bogman. I was out visiting you guys. Oh,
1: wow. oh, okay. Yeah, when we all had our yogurt date, we all had our uh, frozen yogurt. That was very fun. Or what did we have? It was... Uh, no, it was gelato. Gelato. That's what it was. Yeah, I know I We spoon fed each out. other gelato, Brandon. It was terrific. <laughs> it was a great time. It, <laughs> it was, was a great, great time. Really, really <laughs> uh, sorry I missed that. Yeah, next time. You know what? When you come back out here, I'll spoon feed you some gelato uh, when you get out here. I promise it'll be uh, an athletic fantasy football podcast party. We'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, let's get into the ranks this week. There's uh, There's a lot of stuff. There's actually a lot of chaos as far as um, uh, practices and DNPs go. Uh, But I got a few little headline notes here. And one of those is not in question. It's uh, pretty much answered. DeAndre Swift likely out again uh, is a report against New England. Brandon, let's start with you. DeAndre Swift missing time. It's pretty straightforward as far as you don't have him in your lineup. Jamal Williams goes in. It's probably, I don't know, not the best defensive matchup here. So I'm bummed because I got a few Swift shares but I'm more interested in how high we went with uh, with Jamal Williams last week. Where are you willing to go this week with him without Swift against that New England defense?
3: Oh, yeah, maybe not all the way into my RB1. And, and I, I'm i I'm behind on my ranks this week because I kind of threw my hands up in the air yesterday with all the Wednesday DMPs that were did happening. Did you wave him
2: around like you just didn't care? I, yeah,
3: <laughs> I did wave him around like I just didn't care and, and put a couple of <laughs> middle fingers up as well. And uh, but like I, I we're playing Jamal Williams. We, we've, we've seen now a week without DeAndre Swift, what that means. It's a whole lot of Jamal Williams. And it's a, it's a fair amount of Craig Reynolds, although Craig Reynolds didn't get the ball a whole lot. He's like a deep league flex flyer. Cause he, maybe they'll give him a little bit more. He, his snap count was, you know, head and shoulders above Justin Jackson and anybody else. So he is the, he is the second back there, but it's a lot of Jamal Williams with that kind of workload. You're, it's hard to get him out of the, you know, upper level RB2 range at that point. So
1: the only thing that stands out, there's a lot that stands out. Um, the consensus rank around the industry has been 10. Jake, I looked at yours and you have him inside the top 10. The only mm-hmm. thing was like, if you watch the game last week, he got off to a pretty slow start. New England is giving up the fourth least fantasy points to running back so far this year. I think you're putting a lot on the shoulders of Detroit's offense being able to be positive and successful again not that you know new england's offense has been relatively putrid and they're going to go three and out and you're going to get detroit back on which might be one of the best cases here but i guess i'm not a hundred percent seeing the top 10 inside of jamal williams based on the matchups but you feel very comfortable about it because you i think you're beating the consensus um Uh, experts as far as uh, his rank this week jake
2: yeah because i want volume and opportunity and there's few running backs that are in this conversation i mean we're now if you're talking about the pure volume opportunity here we're talking what saquon barkley nick actually not even nick chubb nick chubb keeps seating half of his touches to cream he's just been remarkably efficient with them and yeah you're not wrong in saying the fact that like the patriots matchup is potentially worrisome but Again, you talk about one of the highest, if not, I was trying to pull it up to see if he is the highest of the opportunities, goal to go and inside the goal line. It wouldn't shock me if he's at least, I know he's got to be top five. Uh, they're just going to turn to Jamal Williams every single time. And yeah, maybe it blows up in our face and turns into, look, here's, here's the worst case scenario. What, 18 for 50? Like, like yeah, okay, we'd be pissed off because that's not even close to being top 10. but like, just I, I don't see how this goes even that bad just because of how much they use him. Like yeah, you said, it started off poorly, and no matter what, they're still tur- they going to turn to him, turn to them, turn to him, whether they're up by 40, down by 40, or a net neutral game.
3: Well, here's the thing. This is only a problem for the person who drafted Jamal Williams as an RB4 and didn't draft DeAndre and Swift, somebody. And, and they nailed the first three running backs that they took, and they're all potential top 15 running back plays this Real week. quick.
2: Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Brandon. So goal-to-go rushes inside the ten. Williams and Mixon both have 11. Goal line rushes inside the five. Williams and Joe Mixon both have nine, by the way, by low on Joe Mixon, by low on Joe Mixon, by low on Joe Mixon. Mixon. Anyway, that being said, they are both two ahead at goal line rushes and then four ahead and goal to go rushes of everybody else in the league. Those are the only two tied to go to the top, and they blow away everybody else.
3: And back to my point, this is really just a very first world problem. It's for somebody <laughs> somebody who's got everything going perfectly for them right now. Somebody who can
2: it. afford Five Guys or Mooyah yeah. and then like, yeah, don't exactly. have to go to In-N-Out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's like a Scrooge McDuck thing. they are just standing there just with all of the success. <laughs> <that Janala> <laughs> <Williams>. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? By the way, I don't
2: care well, if I spend $60 on two people's burgers <laughs> at Five Guys.
1: <laughs> uh, scoring the... Uh, tied for the 13th most points in half PPR for running back so far this year is Jamal Williams, uh, just behind Saquon and Chubb. So even you talk about all of the um, you know, the closeness to both of those when, Jake, when you were talking workhorse, that's literally he's the third highest scoring with Clyde Edwards alert right now. So tough matchup. He's just kind of one of those um, you know, two sides. One more meeting. point real quick.
2: Yeah. That offensive line, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are both inside the top 10 in yards before contact. Just to throw that out there, too.
1: Uh, another piece here on the running back side, now the, you know, the Chimera debate. We'll just call it the Chimera that happened <laughs> last week. He, uh, I'm going to use some air quotes here. He's planning to play uh, for week <laughs> five is what we're being told. Eh, I'm tenuous. Even if he's playing with how they've used him, as I was working on my running back ranks this week, I found myself continuously moving him down and down and down. and like he would be a catalyst for I'd be like I like this guy okay he's got to go ahead and I kept kind of moving him down Jake where um I guess I <laughs> I could check the link and I could look but I'm curious that you're taking your thoughts on Camara this week with the planning to play and his uh, overall work usage so far this year.
2: Yeah, I'm a high end RB two. Uh, he's in the conversation with Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce, which I think and you talk about. Alvin Kamara versus those you would say Alvin Kamara in previous years, every single time, not even close, but where they're high on RB2s and not in the conversation of a Henry or a Joe Mix or anything like that is they have, as Funston always used to love the, loves this term, they have warts. There's, there's something with all of them. Alvin Kamara, we don't know what the usage would be. It's at a great spot, and that's part of the reason he's a high on RB2 is because that kind of offsets it. You know, you look at the others, Damian Pierce, yeah, it's great, but what if things go sideways, and I guess against the Jaguars? What if it's all of a sudden, you know, Rex Burkin mixed in? What if he fumbles another time? Miles Sanders, do we really continue to trust that he's a bell cow? It's kind of looking like it, but I'm saying, like, and I'm not going to go through this entire list. I'm just saying he's in the conversation with everybody that has a small, concern to their game and that's why he's not an rb1 anymore but i would still have him in this because he's still camara and it's still an amazing matchup and i'd actually probably like him a little bit more if it's dalton and not winston
1: yeah on the matchup side too and looking at this i mean his two games he's played this year in division against bad teams he has really really struggled and then he has the one that we missed the positive side is it is against the jaguars jaguars are averaging the second most receptions given up to wide receivers so far this year and then Kamara has had 11 targets through two games. He just hasn't got going. Brandon, I found myself when we were going through this, I found myself wanting Pierce and wanting Clyde Edwards Alaire over him this week. And, and again, this, this isn't quite the first world problem, but it's kind of in that same area here. There actually might legit be somebody that has a decision to make between a Kamara and a Jamal Williams this week. That yes. could be something that's out there. But, like, I I keep pushing myself down, even though the matchup is good. But I think it's good on the receiving side. But you talk to me about Kamara, Brandon. Where are you at? Are you any different?
3: Not really. Uh, I'm taking Jamal Williams over Kamara uh, because of, you know, there is the, oh, what if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't play, it takes care of itself. But if he does play, but he's limited. But then I think to myself, if I got, if I knew going in, I was going to get eight carries and four catches from Alvin Kamara, it's still top 30 for me. Like, it's still playable. Yeah. It's still playable. So uh, I, the matchup is just that potentially good. And I agree with Jake. If it's Andy Dalton, you feel better about his ability <laughs> to get the ball out into the flat to Alvin Kamara, something that Jameis Winston's been very uneven at in his career. So, um, so yeah, I'm playing him. I'm taking Jamal Williams for the, for the certainty of the volume. But even low volume for Kamara is still very playable.
1: We'll definitely see on Kamara. And, by the way, if he were to, like, planning to play and then is a surprise inactive again let's just watch the world burn i mean it won't be in london this time but let's just watch the world burn
2: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
1: I don't want to give a lot of time on this because people might be listening to this after. But um, as far as the Thursday game goes, Philip Lindsay promoted from the practice squad, which pretty much... Tells us everything for you early listeners about what we need to know with Jonathan Taylor this week and the Naheem where did uh where do you sit just a real, real quick one, Jake, Naheem Hines this week, now that we kinda know Taylor isn't out there, did I know we talked a little bit about this on Monday and you don't feel great about the volume of a runner, but Naheem Hines?
2: No. Fringe RB2, high on RB3, only because of the risk of Lindsay and only because of the risk of Lindsay being the goal line option. And I jokingly even tweeted about it, depending on when you're listening to this this morning. And I even said, watch Naheem Hines do Naeem Hines things, and then Phillip Lindsay goes seven for 13 with two rushing touchdowns. <sighs> I'm ready for I, I am, just... I'm
1: already ready for that. It's going to be something ridiculous that's going to happen. Brandon, I think like two of the three weeks we've done this, you've had Naheem Hines in some type of a role. Now you actually get him in a little <laughs> bit more of a workhorse. Um I know there's been a lot of hands up on the ranks. Just like where does he sit in any last minute decisions people are thinking about for you? Is it higher than like a fringe RB2?
3: Yeah, I think well not not higher than a fringe RB2. I I would not put him in the RB2 equation, but he is a you know, he falls into that Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon. where you kind of get those guys, Devin Singletary, kind of those guys in the 25 to 30, early 30 range. That's where I would put him because uh, there is a potential that Philip Lindsay gets a couple carries, looks good. And they're like, you know, it's a straight platoon and maybe Naheem Hines gets, you know, all the passing down work. But suddenly it's not as lucrative as you hoped it would be. So. Um, but the nice thing is, again, like you've drafted Naheem Hines as an RB4, RB5, and you've been trying to flex him. And now you don't have to now you don't have to worry about that flex issue. You know, it's, he should be very flexible this week at worst. Should be very
2: flexible. <laughs> the he yoga of flexible. running backs. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's limber. Uh, it
1: would be actually uh, interesting to see how many uh, running backs that were post, you know, like RB4 or post have already gotten first run. You know, got like Jeffrey Wilson Jr. You're getting Naheem Hines, Jamal Williams. Like, just how many of those guys? It's been a real big payoff. Unfortunately, the Zero RB crew is having a little bit of a party if they were taking
3: advantage of those, because there's been a lot of that. Yeah, um, You know what, what I'd like to see the numbers on is the percentage of fantasy managers that have the handcuff to the player. So, like, what's the percentage of Jonathan Taylor managers that have Naheem Hines versus... The guys that have Cook and Madison, you know, like what's the most popular handcuff? I bet thing? it's
1: I, so low. I bet it's so I bet low. It's handcuffing very low is So
3: dead. I, re, I got I mean, I just you know, we've all
1: been doing this long enough that you can remember the years of having to preach handcuffs and how important and it's just so dead because of the obvious reasons with um right. you know, with multi S- systems back and everything feels. like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just it's so funny. I, think
2: I would say the the highest one would yeah, just off the top of my head would be I have to be Jalen Warren.
3: And and Najee. Uh, <laughs>
2: You think? Yep. You think you just think because Najee's already dinged up? Just because he's—I he's, mean—he hasn't missed any time. But I think
3: coming out of draft season, it's cooking, Madison. People that draft cook. An extra oh, yeah, out of early.
2: out of draft season. But I would yeah. say but now, I think Madison got snatched up by a lot of teams seeing kind of going back to like that D'Angelo Williams days where it's like, oh, I'm just going to take him instead of you just in case your guy goes down. And that's yeah. my th- as the sidebar on this is that why I always say uh, when you go in that don't always worry about your own handcuff is sometimes the better move is to get somebody else's because if you get your own handcuff, your net neutral is always your best case scenario is only one. You still only have one running back. If the other person's guy goes down and you have the handcuff to them, you could get two. Of course, you could use, lose your guy, but I'm playing for first place. I'm not trying to make sure I'm safe. I'm trying to snipe everybody else's and potentially be sitting pretty.
1: That Madison, it's a great call, by the way. Because Madison, I'm trying to think: is he the only true handcuff that's out there? I think there's these side ones of collar because well, he's I, a, but that's a like a. I think what you're saying
3: though, is that you're getting when you have viability as the backup, then you're not really a handcuff. You're basically saying, who's a guy that just doesn't play most of the time, and I want him on my bench. Because, because there's I like think, four I different versions.
1: There, it, well, was, I mean, it, was Herbert,
2: it was Herbert before this. Ooh, Herbert this this is, is why, why I love Herbert, Herbert I there's, loved yeah, there's, there's
1: four versions of this I think of. There's the true, true handcuff, like the Madison. There's the rookie upside to take over type of guy, like the Pacheco's there's the and maybe the Jalen Warrens you would throw into that
2: No, he's not taking over he would only
3: be, yeah yeah and then I you're mean, just there's, talking there's about the, more work we don't know that sure we, we, Tyler we're Algier. Only going with, well yeah
2: what we thought of Algier. Tyler Algier yeah. yeah well the thing is with uh with Warren is we're speculating too we're only going with this is because Talman loves a bell cow running back I mean Warren can stink Warren can be Benny Snell Warren looks pretty good when you get him out he there. does That's but nice. go yeah. back to July and nobody knew the hell, the hell
1: adrenaline Warren was yeah, that's very, that's very, very true. It's just interesting. You Who's the jabroni that
2: had, like, the one-week po- uh M- Mateo Durant. Everybody's going bonkers for Mateo Durant that one week in the preseason.
1: Those are my favorite. I love, by the way, I love preseason running backs that go off. Like, when Thomas Clayton for the 49ers led the preseason in rushing, and everyone's like, look out, here we go. And then they just they go off and sell shoes at Foot Locker or something. Like, that's my favorite thing about the NFL is those guys that go off. But the handcuff situation is really interesting because it would dominate fantasy books and conversation, and it's such an spot now. There's another one. Samaje is probably in there. Yeah, Madison, to me, is the quintessential old... He's the fullback of the situation where barely anybody runs a fullback anymore. Madison is about... He's the Kyle Juszczyk of fullbacks as far as uh, workhorses go, if anybody can follow that little twist I just put <laughs> into everybody. Sure. Um, last thing before we get into the actual ranks. Tons of DNPs early this week. Just And, and that's why... Brandon, you kind of put your hands up early in the week uh, with the ranks and stuff because it was just guy after guy. I think there's also just some other major question marks where players didn't play. So, Brandon, why don't we start with you. Um, as far as the DMP goes, there's just a, I mean, even on, you know, going on like really Roto World today, when it was looking, it was, um, I mean, obviously you had Swift, you've had the Camara stuff, you've had Penny, Traylon Burks, Marquise Brown, da-da-da-da-da. Any specific. That worries you we're in the time of the year where yes of course um bye weeks are coming up and rest is going to be needed i know they gave that to monroe saint brown but as far as all these uh, guys that did not practice so far is there any that actually is going to carry some worry coming off of camaragate
3: well i tried to quickly look for somebody on my team that you know hit me personally but i think the one that i think is interesting is like kyle pitts had a dmp and he's been so bad and he's going against tampa and like Tight end is so bad that you obviously you have to play him if he's playing. But I I just think you're just so stuck if you have Kyle Pitts. And it's one of those ones where you're like, you're probably you're, you're thinking twice every day about why you drafted him. You know, but I just think it's a it's adding injury to insult right now that he was, you know, he's got an injury he's dealing with this week.
1: I didn't score in the fourth most points off of uh, Tampa Bay so far. So just putting that out there, Jake, same thing as far as the did not practices. Is there anybody that you're going to be just really, really eyeing up until game time that might have a little bit of worry?
2: I don't think that we have anything to that level right now. Maybe Rashad Penny, but that sounds like it just might be a maintenance type of situation on Wednesday. So, of course, we're doing this Thursday morning and we'll get the Seattle reports later on Thursday. But if, if Rashad Penny missed on Thursday again now, yeah, that would be the one that I have the most concern about. And maybe we see some more Ken Walker. Not that I'm overly excited because it's still, you know, the passing game is the better version of this at offense. Is nobody worried about Amon
1: Ross-St. Brown after last week? Are we just... Uh, is everybody good? Jake, are you good? I feel like I'm a little bit more concerned about Amon Ross-St. Brown. I know they gave him, like, it was a planned day off on Wednesday coming off and not playing last week, but is there any worry going into Week 5 for you?
2: Mm, I'd say not yet. I, th- I, like, I put him inside my top 12. So... Yeah, I saw,
1: well, I saw the aggressive rank on him, and obviously when he's healthy, he deser- he's deserving of that. It's just... He's not, and it's you know it's a patriot. So I, I guess maybe I'm a little bit more concerned. So
2: well, that's why I said maybe Thursday because they have the buy that could be the Andre Swift situation. So that's why. But if he's out there practicing on Thursday, that's that's why I'm not worried because I think his is going to be very cut and dry. I don't think they screw around if they're concerned because of the buy. If he's out there practicing because of that, why screw around? I'll be like he should. He's going to be fine. They wouldn't risk it if he's like eighty percent, seventy percent.
1: Yeah, and Josh Rundle plays all right. TJ Hawkinson, I think he's had some banged up stuff. He was really good last week, but just something to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on a lot of these and make sure you're not dilly-dallying as far as your ranks go. Be ready like an hour or two before to make a lot of the switches. And there's another London game this week, so don't get Camarid for sure. <laughs> Let's talk about some ranks. Now, I'm going to do a little bit different this week, and this might be something I do at the beginning of the month where I'm going to step back a little bit, not going to throw in all of my nonsense here. And let's have a reset. Let's have a reset to the two experts, why everybody's here for Brandon and Jake. And I'm going to double down on the questions that we do, except for the first one, as far as uh, taking actually a little step into Jake's article where Jake does a really great job. If uh, I assume everybody listening to this checks it out. But just as a reminder, it's not just like, here you go. Here's some ranks. Have fun. No, it's written up in uh, multifashioned of like buys and sells. And, hey, here's guys that I think I'm good with. Here's some dart throws. Da And it goes all the way through and then down there's this big list. So I figured, why not? Let's do a little bit of that with you guys. And we will get your normal kind of sleeper performer and the dart throw. So we'll throw some dart throws in here except for quarterbacks, because why would we do that? Let's not, we're not going to do that with tight ends and quarterbacks because we're not silly. We're not silly gooses here. But Jake, a quarterback that you like more than anyone else this week that is not the obvious top dudes. Who's your guy? Uh,
2: One that at this point, I know what we're waiting for, for him to be an obvious top dude. I get the perception around him and I talk about perception and fantasy and that's one of the biggest factors in driving trades and people not acting quick enough, but... How is Jared Goff not a top 10 tight end at this point? Like, I like we sat here, myself included, I was like, ooh, you know, he's looked great, but he doesn't have a R. St. Brown, he doesn't have DJ Chark. And you know what Jared Goff did last week? He said, Screw you guys, I don't give a damn. I'm gonna do it with everybody else and TJ Hawk is in a billion times. Of course, the Patriots are not the Seahawks, but at the same time, they're still not even the Patriots of past years. So we're gonna really say that like their run defense has been good. Past defense, I'm not that concerned about that. Jared Goff at this point. Over Aaron Rodgers, over Matthew Stafford by a mile, over Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr who have been flipping around with these like eh, 16 points, 11 points, maybe you get to 20. Just I'll live and die with Jared Goff at this point, and I might die this week.
1: Uh, Funny enough, Jared Goff, the fifth highest scoring quarterback in fantasy right now, and if uh, someone asks you a trivia question, who is the better fantasy quarterback as far as the first quarter of the season goes, Kyler Murray or Jared Goff, if you didn't answer Goff, you're incorrect and that is just how it goes so i mean as i'm yeah. looking here only eight quarterbacks scoring 20 or more points and jared Go- jared goff is probably the biggest eye-opener he's literally in the camp of mahomes and herbert and murray he is out there so that's a pretty good one what do you got brandon same question and any well take on yeah
3: goff? a goff would, would have been my call too i was just on a podcast with our colleague michael biller yesterday and um and we were talking about him i I, I was saying the same thing. Like, if you have Matt Stafford, you're you're making that switch in a heartbeat right now. Derek Carr, all those back-end guys that you were drafting, Aaron Rodgers. Like, I would rather have Jared Goff. You look back at his last nine games, including the four this year and the last five last year, he's 22 touchdown passes to five interceptions. That's a prorated rate of 41 touchdown passes for a season, and, and that's over half a season. So, it's a pretty good... A pretty good indicator that he's kind of settled in and he's got great weapons. So I, I like that a lot. The one thing I'd say is Ryan Tannehill was the most available quarterback if you're streaming. Like Washington, you, you just can't you just can't emphasize enough how bad they've been as a pass defense. And you look at Jalen Hurts threw for 330 and three touchdowns. Jared Goff had four touchdowns against them. Um just everybody who's played them is has come through looking pretty rosy so with derrick henry going now you know ryan Tannehill's value was always kind of predicated on that play action derrick henry's had two weeks in a row where he's looked good you know that the commanders are going to be kind of focused in on that and i could see him that's why i'm going to talk about uh, another tennessee titan a little bit later that i like um but i just think the setup's pretty nice for ryan Tannehill that maybe have his best day of the year so far
1: interesting uh consensus rank as far as those guys go you don't have either one inside the top 12 as far as the, so far the, the quote industry is concerned Goff 14, Ryan Tannehill, 18. And interesting on Goff, He is, he has thrown less than 35 passes only once so far this year. And it was 34. He's only been under 250 passing yards only once this year. And he has thrown two or more touchdowns three out of four weeks this year. So also for any of you that like to dabble a little bit in the player prop market, might want to take a look at that two touchdown, um, that two touchdown passing touchdown marker for him. Because he, actually, Geno Smith is another one that I just randomly throw out that I liked last week. Those are just guys that Geno you can Smith sometimes Smith get. Teeth. Yeah, yeah, you can just get those guys at like good price. Maybe golf is going to change now, but good, not juiced prices.
2: If uh, if you hey, care about hey it Brandon, like that. side question for you: Is Russ is
3: Russell Wilson the worst quarterback
2: between he and Gino? Ooh.
3: I don't think so, and I I think <laughs> look, it it was like after week two that everybody was saying Gino and this offense have gone six straight quarters without a touchdown, and that was San Francisco, and that was Denver, and then all of a sudden Atlanta and Detroit came around. I would give. Gino, all the credit in the world. He hasn't turned the ball over. He hasn't looked terrible, but there have been some lulls. I think this is a great litmus test for him this week because I think New Orleans, after last week in London and not looking good, they're a better defense than that. They're going to go home, and this is kind of a get-right game for them. And this is maybe the Seahawks kind of a little bit full of themselves and, and a lot of you know compliments being served to them this week about how this offense has looked under Gino. So if he goes to New Orleans and shows out as a top 15 quarterback – that's gonna change my perception of him right now as is basically a, a good quarterback for streaming, but not a quarterback that you're just thinking about playing all weeks. And I, I think this would kind of change my perception of that.
1: If Gino had a better matchup, Jake, do you think you could have got him just one notch above Russell Wilson? Because you have Russ at uh, you have Russ one spot currently as we record this above him. And I just like <laughs> just <laughs> just just for the kids here,
3: Jake, we need to get Gino above Russell Wilson so we can play that. I love that uh, Gino has one more pass attempt than Russell right now. You know, he was going to Denver so he could cook. And here we got Gino, you know, with throwing the ball more through the first month of the season and better. And better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> A lot more completions, probably, too. Just throw that out there. All right. Uh, so we got through quarterbacks here. Running backs that you like more than others. So that's your big start. And then a dart throw running back of the week in honor of uh, Jake Seely. And uh, you know what, Jake, let's start with you here, since this, that is something that you like to put in the article. It's the start and dart. Give me your running back you like more and your dart throw.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Damien Harris for the start. Uh, everybody's concerned about this backfield split. Well, guess what? RB15. Damien Harris to this point and because of the touchdowns just like last year and actually he's not even on the touchdown pace from last year and he's still RB 15 sure some injuries and disappointments but hey guess what the Lions this matchup we've talked about a million times already what did Rashad Penny just do last week yes both Damien Harris and Ramondre Stevenson can live cohabitation together and happiness just like a lot of backfields that we have out there that we did look this is kind of the new world and half the league does it so I'm okay with that if I'm going with the Hail Mary start Tyler Algier, I know Caleb Huntley got all all of it. Not Algier didn't get a single one. He only get all the goal line opportunity. But so, living in cohabitation again, Algier and Cordell Patterson were doing it. Why can't Algier and Caleb Huntley do it? And I know, but it's Buccaneers. But what did the Buccaneers just like Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Isaiah Pacheco just do? So, yes, the Buccaneers do worry me, but this is why it's a Hail Mary, is that Algier can potentially get through the line, and he's kind of a one-cut runner, and if he can get to the second level, uh, although, again, I'm concerned that so he's going to have to score probably from like 15 yards out if he scores.
1: I really like the Algier one, and uh, people should go check out the article because there's some good names that Algiers is above, and I think people would enjoy seeing that. So I like that one a lot for the dart throw. Brandon, same thing, your start and then your dart.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go the same game. I'll go Brees Hall. It's a tough matchup against Miami. They've been good against running backs so far, but Brees Hall, we saw, we've saw we talked about the movement that we've, you know, first two weeks, Michael Carter played more than him than last the, the week three. Brees Hall moved up to two snaps more than Carter, and then last week it was 15 snaps more. and And I just think we're at a point now where that's where we're settled into is you know he had the 19 touches last week, and I think the expectation going forward is that we're going to get you know 17 to 20 plus touches from him most weeks. He's 10th among running backs in catches. He has 15 catches, so that's not completely the Michael Carter show there. Um, so I think we just got to start thinking about him as as, you know, Michael Salfino dubs it kind of the bell calf, you know, there's not a whole lot of bell cows anymore, but I think he's the clear lead. And with his, you know, with his talent and ability, I think you got to think of him as a top 20 running back um, going forward. So uh, I like him. I'm a, I'm a few spots better than the industry on him. And I think Raheem Mostert with just a massive discrepancy over Chase Edmonds last week going against the Jets. I'm, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to flex him out, maybe think about him as the very back-end RB3, kind of in that 35 to 38 range at running back. Yeah, it could swing again the other way, but is this going to be a game where Miami's throwing a ton and, and be more conducive to Chase Edmonds? I don't really see it that way. I, I think this could be a game where it's fairly close and there's a decent amount of volume on both sides for the backfields.
1: For like the the rules of fantasy, by the way, in like our world, you know how things work. As soon as you give up on somebody, you cut them. They then are amazing. As soon as you bench a player who struggled, they're really good. Those are just the rules. We have we can't control that. That's just the fantasy gods. <laughs> this is what I think will happen. I feel like we've we've like for weeks and weeks kind of been doing this. Raheem Mostert. Hey, it's almost time. It's almost time. Now we're just kind of getting like, eh, gonna bench him, not get excited, and then he's gonna go off. He's gonna go. But I worry. In the same respect, when he goes off, we're then going to be like, and let's go. And then pfft, it just, it, he he's the ultimate yep. just fantasy repercussion, I worry. Yep.
2: This is why I don't do it. That's why I, I, I sing it on my show. Don't go chasing dolphins running back. <laughs> <laughs> so, like,
3: I just I'm not going to stick gonna, to the like, Falcons you, that you're used to. Well, yeah. the answer is no, there's not, just not some great flyers this week. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, of
2: course. I and mean, you're, you're supposed to saying flyer. flyers. I'm not saying you're wrong in anything yeah. you just said. But this is uh, this is kind of goes to I'm going to compare it to tight ends and what we always talk about. How tight can you make your tight? like chasing production? I hate chasing production. And I'm not saying that's what we're doing here. But. If you're with Funston and it's like, that's fine. I mean, I have Moster. I think, in like the low 30s, but just stick with Moster. Don't try and wait for the good game, then play the next It's Jared Cook back when he was a tight end. You always played the week after he had the good game and then you got the zero. Yeah.
1: Fun fact you have Moster above Algier. Just want to throw that out here for this Well, thing. I mean, for now, his, I, for now. I'm
2: not stupid. <laughs> <that time>. <laughs> well, pointed <laughs> point. I just pointed out in <laughs> all the funness. That was his dart
1: All right. So it's the same thing. And uh, Brandon, we're going to start with you this time. Wide receivers, we like more than anyone else. That's your start. And then your dart when you're going deeper. So start and dart it
3: for us, Brandon. Well, Chris Alave, he's I think he consensus is 18. I have him at 13. I was I was toying with the idea of putting him as a wide receiver one because why not? He's averaging 10 targets per week over the last so three weeks. 11, 11 targets per week. He's averaging almost 100 yards per game in that span. he had a touchdown last week. And, oh, by the way, it's Seattle Seahawks. And, uh, you know, Michael Thomas, maybe not playing again. Jarvis Landry's banged up. Like it's just Chris Olave right now. And uh, you know, like I think sometimes everybody recognizes a, t- a good talent, but they have a hard time sometimes moving them past well-established guys in that upper range. And you're like, yeah, I think I would rather play, you know, I'm just throwing somebody out. I probably have Olave higher than CD lamb. It's probably really close, but like, yeah, if I was pressed to it, I think I'd rather have a Lave right now. So you know,
1: the only thing I want to add to that, and I mean, to cut you off interesting. Um, we haven't really been doing it and not doing it this week, but the whole like Brandon versus Jake thing, I think that one might be kind of a Brandon versus Jake thing. Uh, not to say again, we don't, we don't put it out like, oh Jake doesn't like it, or anything like that. But when you say you kind of want to get him into like 12 and like a wide receiver one, Jake, you have
3: them like, just oh, at right, the back end two. of wide oh, receiver by the, by the way by the way it's a bad example because i have cd lamp ten. but yeah. how about like mike williams or michael Pittman or Cortland sutton like i'm playing a lobby sure. over those guys
2: mike williams yeah. with no C- keenan allen well so the difference is there is i don't have i have michael thomas in i think chris Olave would push towards that fringe wide receiver one if i knew michael thomas was out but i tried because uh, this is the void everybody's like where would he rank if he plays so now i just do this is it, everybody's playing. Everybody's playing. I don't care. I don't care if you're – Elijah Mitchell's playing this week. So like, I just put everybody <laughs> out there, and then
3: I come back as they get taken out. But that, I'm just also saying Olave's had really big weeks with Michael Thomas in the lineup. So, um, so I'm not completely scared of that if, <laughs> if he <laughs> –
2: <laughs> How so. do you do, fellow youth?
3: I love
1: it. All right, and so we—I cut oh, you off a little bit on that, but then you're yeah, Robert,
3: Robert Woods um, is the guy that I would play this week. He has been, you know, not great, but I just love the setup this week. He's—he he's, did score a touchdown last week. He had decent yards the week before. There's been, you know, the volume and targets been up and down. I just feel like. Play action, man! This is going to be in play. There's going to be a couple big play opportunities against this defense uh, this week. So I would be willing to. I have Robert Woods like wide receiver, thirty-five, thirty-four, right there. It's a few spots ahead of consensus.
1: And Traylon Burks being, uh, you know, a lot yeah, of DNP yeah. and stuff like that that works in favor. Jake, start and dart
2: it. Mm, start and dart a wide receiver. So start Terry McLaurin. Uh, said this in multiple places, including the article. The fact this is Terry McLaurin was second to Jahan Dotson in end zone targets, at two to four for Dotson, and nobody else even had two. Terry McLaurin was the only one that had two. Speaking of the only one, Dotson was the only one who had end zone touchdown reception four. Nobody else had a single one. Everybody else zero. Uh, Carson Wentz, I made the comparison to Alan Lazard for Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to have to look for Terry McLaurin, which he hasn't had to do so far. He's kind of been able to spread it around. So I look for Terry McLaurin to be his quote unquote, get right game. As people love to say, hail Mary first game back, Michael Gallup, number two for the Cowboys. I know, no Brown got a little bit banged up, but if you're talking about who's, if everybody, even no Brown's healthy, who's the number two, it's Michael Gallup. And I'm looking at this Cardinals is like the only ones that didn't even have a touchdown and marquise brown in that game went for what was it like a hundred something yards in this matchup so i think that michael gallup can do the similar but maybe get the touchdown um because the the dallas defense should be able to get after and the thing is is the Rams secondary is not the fearsome secondary we used to know
1: and i love that because cooper rush hates dalton schultz like wants (sighs) to punch him in the face he'll never throw him the ball Uh, He hates him, so it's a good Gallup play as well, So because he'll never throw the ball to Dalton Schultz. So all those targets get to go to Gallup, so it's a fantastic call. Um, Who's got you thinking twice? Who has got you thinking twice, Mr. Jake Seeley, right now? Whether it's positive or negative performances, usually these kind of center around question marks of negativity, but who's got you (laughs) thinking twice in fantasy right now?
2: Yeah, uh, so Alan Robinson, DJ Moore, all the wide receivers that we were draft Darnell Mooney, throw them all in there. Anybody who you drafted in that fourth, fifth, sixth round, and you're like, whoo, ha ha, look at my draft. I won. I mean, there are people out there starting with a running back or wide receiver, and then your two, three, four wide receivers are Alan Robinson, Darnell Mooney, and DJ Moore or reverse order mm. DJ Moore being the, like sitting there and being like, I came out of this draft. You people are stupid. Look at what you let me do. Guess what? They're all benchable. They're all droppable. I mean, I, the last one I want to drop, like I would drop Mooney's long been dropped. I would drop Alan Robinson at this point for even an Alec Pierce. Uh, but now we're DJ Moore's on the fringe. Uh, Baker Mayfield is that bad. Uh, I was one of the people like the entire industry who said it can't get worse than Sam Darnold. The entire industry. Was wrong because it got way worse than Sam Darnold. So I am scared and I am not starting. Here's the biggest thing is like, because even if they do, Darnold Mooney last week, what was it, 90 yards? Does, you really have confidence after one game to put them back in your lineup. And that's why I say they're droppable because you need two or three games in a row before they get your trust back.
1: And uh just a side note, they've also got the 49ers coming up. So good luck yeah, with that's that. That's the biggest thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brandon. What do you got? Who's yeah. got you thinking twice?
3: Yeah. I, I was originally just going to say everybody because there was so many DMPs on Wednesday and it, coming off the Alvin Camaro, you know, debacle last week, but just to kind of narrow the focus, I actually, a guy that's really seriously got me thinking of twice because I have him in a lot of places. And I think he fits as well as Gabe Davis, just two really bad games in a row. Like I, this is a really nice matchup this weekend. against so the Steelers. They've been generous. I think mean, Fitzpatrick's hurt. Um, like, he could literally have a three touchdown hat trick like we've seen him do before, or he could, you know, or he's just not completely healthy, although he was a full participant on Wednesday. So that's got me a little bit excited, but I had a really hard time figuring out where to rank him this week because I could see him being top 20. I could see him, and we've seen him the last couple of weeks be outside the top 40. And I just don't know where we're at with him yet, but I'm hoping that we're in a better place than we've been the last couple of weeks for our
1: last one i really think i'm going to get some good like uh limbo music for the future so for so how tight can you make that end you know just like we're going to go <laughs> Hello, like that can you go? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, Jake, how uh, tight can you make that end? this? Oh, week? my God.
2: I'm ready to get burned by it, but I'm watching the snap count. And I'm watching the opportunity share and I'm watching it go up week by week. And it's not just the two touchdowns. But if I'm going super low, Mo Alley Cox, it's been going up, 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 up all four weeks. The inverse of a- Antonio Gibson down, down, down. Although Antonio Gibson still a lot of use in the passing game. Sidebarred on that. But anyway. Alley Cox and yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get burned by it. But it's tight uh, end. So who the hell
1: cares? Who cares? I asked my cohort, uh, Scott Bogman on when we were doing this rank thing, I said, serious question, Dalton Schultz or Alley Cox? And he went Moelle Cox this week. And I was like, all right, let's go. Ready to all get burned, baby. That's Jake shaking his head. Brandon, same thing. How low can you make that end?
3: Uh, Cameron Bright. Uh, it's like 14 targets. Um, the last couple weeks. Atlanta Falcons who have been extremely generous to the tight end position. So like I, I, you know, Cameron Braid only had 22 snaps last week, but I think he had, I forget it was eight or six targets. So like, he's out there, he's, he's running routes, you know, that's his, basically his role. Um, and I like the matchup. So I w- I would throw him out there. I will say uh, as, as I was thinking about it in leagues where Taysom Hill is tight end eligible, like, or even Jawan Johnson, like, the Seahawks are terrible against the tight end. I think they give it the most fantasy points to the tight end position. Like those wouldn't be bad flyers either. If you're just really playing the tight end stream every week, uh, I would be willing to go after Taysom Hill, especially if J- if Jameis Winston is out again. I think they build in a few more Taysom Hill packages when that happens.
1: I'm very glad you brought that up because I actually agree with that. It's, it's a wild number. Five and a half receptions, over 100 yards, just about a full touchdown, and over eight targets go to tight ends. Juwan Johnson is super sneaky, if I were really desperate, or playing like some tight end premium. And this is just one of those weeks that, you know, I think you can justify Taysom Hill, even though he doesn't get big volume. He's a guy that, if you've got any weirdness with Kamara in the red zone, you might get Taysom Hill in there again. He's just kind of sneaky. There's a lot in there. And then throwing into your other one real quick. Atlanta giving up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. So these are some pretty good, uh, these are some pretty good picks here on both sides if you're going up against bad defenses, though they're not the best tight ends. And friends, that is going to do it. You guys can go over to the Athletic, make sure you subscribe so you can get access to jake's big old week five setup for you with ranks and all of the stuff he's going to be updating that throughout you can leave comments jake has a priority in going through and answering as best as best as he can until his head is going to pop so make sure you go and check all the week ranks out and guess what we'll be back next week we're going to be breaking everything with week five good luck in all your fantasy matchups for jake seeley and brandon funson i am chris welsh and we'll see you next time right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast
0: Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories of pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash
1: scoop.